Praise be to God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us in the heavenly realms with every spiritual blessing in Christ. You can't relate. If you're a parent, especially a parent of a teen, there is no doubt that that statement has echoed through the halls of your house, bounced off the walls of your room at least once. You've been reminded that you are old and they are not. That your world was a much simpler time than theirs is. And you cannot possibly understand the world today. Are they right? Probably not. But you know, and I know, that they know that they are right. And they know that no one, not even you, can relate to them. And so, they're left alone, exposed, and vulnerable in any situation that they find themselves in. And in the world today, that's a very dangerous place for them to be. So unless you can find a, relate, a way to relate to them, and even more important, unless they will acknowledge that you can relate to them, anything you offer will be of little value to them. So you'll be unable to guide them, to pour into them to protect them and maybe even to save them. Now this is the world that the Old Testament believers found themselves in. They looked to their God high in the heavens but at the same time wondered if he could relate. Could he really understand their problems, their pain, their life? Could he relate to them? Or could he simply just acknowledge what they were going through? Now they knew his promise. They knew that a king would come one day. And they clung to that promise in faith while they waited. But make no mistake, they had challenges today. They had hurt today. Could God relate? See, relating is critical for the health of our lives. We're designed to be in relationships with each other. And when we find relationships lacking, we find ourselves isolated and we find ourselves alone. And in that seclusion, our health begins to deteriorate. You, I'm sure you have examples of that in your mind. You know that that happens. And so we seek out these relationships. We seek out others who can relate to us. 
That's how God designed us. Just like when a child runs to his mother after he gets hurt or injured or an adult seeks support or counsel from a trusted friend, we turn to those that we can relate to and who can relate to us, especially in our times of need. And it's in those times and it's in those relationships that we find security and safety and peace. And so the believers of the old waited. And in faith, they looked forward to the day when God would come and he would be mounted on a horse and he would be prepared for war. His sword would be in his hand and he would relate to their oppression. He would restore his people. He would restore his nation to its rightful place. Israel, the Jews, were being oppressed by Rome. They were waiting for that one day when they would be restored to power and be God's powerful nation. But that's not how Jesus came. Our hymn, Once in Royal David's City, the one we just sang, says, He came down to earth from heaven, who is God and Lord of all, and his shelter was a stable, and his cradle was a stall. With the poor and mean and lowly lived on earth, our Savior holy. There was no horse, there was no sword. There was a baby in a manger. No wonder then the Jews rejected him. He had been born humble to a nobody. He had no royal claims. He had no priestly claims. He wasn't a high priest, and he sure wasn't a king. He was just a man. A man that couldn't possibly relate to the Jewish problems of the day and certainly couldn't do anything about them. So because they couldn't relate to him and because they didn't think he could relate to them, they discarded him, rejected him, and condemned him. Now that was then. Today, this is now. But it's not much different. Even in the lives of the church, how often do we question if God really understands what we're going through? How often do we hear somebody say, why would God allow this to happen? 
For truly, if he can and does relate to us, if he really does and can feel our pain, if he can experience our sorrow, he surely would do something about that. And so, he either can't or he doesn't care. But our letter to the Philippians that we read tonight tells us something completely different. It corrects this error in thinking. Though Jesus was in the form of God, he did not count equality with God a thing to be grasped. But he emptied himself by taking the form of a servant, being born in the likeness of men. And being found in human form, he humbled himself by becoming obedient to the point of death, even death on a cross. See, he was born in the likeness of man so that he could relate to us. See, it was required for our salvation. He couldn't save us from heaven. He had to save us from earth. It was necessary for him to become man, but at the same time, stay God. Salvation is only effective through faith in the one who saves. And if we are to attach our faith to Jesus, we must relate to him. And we must know that he can relate to us. Paul writes in Hebrews that for we do not have a high priest who is unable to sympathize with our weakness, but one who who in every respect has been tempted as we are, yet without sin. Now I want to stop there for a moment because I don't believe that translation fully captures what Paul is saying there. We read the word sympathize. A high priest who is... We do not have a high priest who is unable to sympathize with our weakness. See, Paul uses a compound word in the Greek that better means suffers with. Jesus doesn't just sympathize with us. Jesus doesn't just empathize with us. Jesus suffers with us. Our God came down to earth to bear our sins, to suffer our punishment, to overcome death and ascend to heaven so that he could sympathize, suffer with us. He doesn't gaze upon our lives from on high. He participates in our lives. He shares in our joys. He suffers 
in our pains. And we can trust in Him because we can relate to Him. And we know that He can relate to us. By His resurrection, by His ascension, Jesus has passed through the heavens on our behalf. He did it for us. You see, He has torn open the veil that hung between God and man. And because of Him, we can now enter into the throne room the very presence of God. Through Him, we have access to our Creator. And through Him, we can approach God with confidence that our prayers will be heard and answered. And through Him, we can know that we will receive mercy and we will find grace to help in time of need. See, this is Jesus, our empathizer, our high priest, ready to mediate between us and God. And that mediation is happening right now, this very moment as we speak. Here in this church, during this service, Christ's people have gathered together. And at this very moment, we are in the presence of God. Right here. Right now. And through Jesus, God comes and he stands before us this evening. And with confidence, we can draw near. And with confidence, we can speak freely to our Creator. We can share our joys. We can share our celebrations. And we can share our sorrow and our hurts. And we can ask God why difficult. It takes confidence. It takes confidence to stand before the throne and to ask him to help us understand the situation of our lives. But Jesus stands there with us. And so we can, with trust, with Jesus, approach him with everything that is on our hearts. And we can know that the answers he offers, the answers that he does not seem to give the way we want them, all of that is motivated by his love for us. And we know that he loves us because he relates to us. And we have his death and we have his resurrection to prove it. 
Please pray with me. And our hearts at last shall see him through his own redeeming love. For that child so dear and gentle is the Lord in heaven above. And he leads his children on to the place where he is gone. Amen.